0: Show your support and learn more at gzmshows.com slash subscribers. Help us bring you more great shows by becoming a subscriber today. And thank you.
1: Hi, and welcome to the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, where the stories are out of this world, books are a lot of fun, Bebop is great, Griffin is awesome, Jonathan is just getting by, and... We're out of this world.
2: What's happening here?
1: Uh, Bebop, I was trying to combine all of the catchphrases into one final amazing catchphrase for the end of the season, and I just couldn't do it.
2: It's okay, Jonathan. You
1: know what? Let me take some of the burden off of you. What does that mean?
2: Well, I've been really enjoying this season and enjoying all the catchphrases, and we got this amazing submission from sisters Abigail and Olivia in Charlestown, Massachusetts. And I thought maybe I could just play it for you as the perfect way to finish up this season. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, it's really sweet.
1: Here, check it out.
3: Bebop, I love (laughs) Bebop, and I love this show. Oh, this is a great song. I love Johnson Messenger, and I love pranks. Wait, what? But this is not for Jonathan Messenger. Wait, what? I like <laughs> pranks. Uh oh. And have you ever tried up or milk? Oh no. On Jonathan's coat? <sighs> now, bye! It's from Abigail and Olivia. Bye.
2: Hey, Jonathan, you didn't have to cut them off like that.
1: <laughs> no, I didn't cut them off. That's just where the file ended. Hey, abigail and olivia thank you so much for that message even though you're giving bebop ideas to pour milk onto my coat i don't appreciate that but in the holiday spirit i appreciate all the love in that message thank you all so much and thank you so much to everybody who has listened to this entire season and let's get on to the finale shall we if you remember what happened in the last episode the kids were in the goblin lab and they ran across foggy who is under some sort of spell from the goblins? What should they do? How will they get Foggy back? Find out in the Alien Adventures of Finn Caspian, Season 5, Episode 13 A Disappearing Act.
2: You are all prisoners of the goblins now,
1: said the green robot.
2: We have been expecting
1: you, and we expect you to work for us. Finn peered through the green smoke at the robot. He looked familiar, but it didn't make any sense. It was impossible. It couldn't be. His heart sank, and he nearly fell to the floor. Elias caught him, and Paige said what nobody else could. Foggy? The explorers were silent a moment, staring at their friend who had been changed so much by the goblin magic. He was still the same shape, the same metal body, the same strong hands that had flown them out of trouble so many times. But whatever spells the goblins had cast over Foggy, whatever potions they had poured or incantations they'd used to warp his mind, they'd completely changed him. Finn could see it. They all could see it. Though there was smoke coming out of his eyes and a heat resonating off of his body, there was no warmth there, not anymore. Foggy stared at them coldly, like he hardly knew them at all. Finn couldn't speak. Abigail worried too that Meg was somewhere here, similarly transformed, too stunned to say anything. Elias stepped forward. Foggy? Is that you? Said Elias. You know us. You're our
2: friend. You are all prisoners of the goblins, said Foggy.
1: You will work for us. Wait, you're one of us, Foggy, said Elias. If we're prisoners here, then you are too. You're maybe even more of a prisoner than we are. Look what they've done to you. Enough, said Foggy. You are prisoners here, and you will do as you are told. The two goblins who had been standing by the door entered the room, once they saw how scared the explorers were of their former friend.
3: <coughs>
1: said the goblins.
3: Ma mama mama me.
1: Abigail raised her palms and shrugged. We don't understand anything that you're saying, she said. We don't speak goblin. <coughs> said the other goblin. Well, mama, mo, momo mo, mo. Said Vale. We don't speak goblin. Foggy bent down and put an ear to the goblins, who whispered to him.
2: The goblins say you are to work in this laboratory. You are to practice on that robot over there. Foggy pointed to the wolf. And once you can fuse magic to it, then
1: you are free to go. Why? said Page. Don't they already know how to do it? Haven't they already done it to you? Get to work, said Foggy. And the two little goblins laughed and ran out of the room. Foggy turned to leave as well, and when Finn saw the back of his friend, he knew immediately why the goblins needed them. There was a small hole on Foggy's back shoulder, and the metal there was smoldering, like it was being corroded, destroyed by the magic inside Foggy. The smoke coming from Foggy's eyes and wisping out of the wound on his shoulder, it wasn't magic, it was Foggy, falling apart. Wait! yelled Finn. Foggy! They're destroying you. You need to help us if we're going to get out of here, and so we can help you. Foggy turned to look at Finn. That magic inside of you, said Finn, it's eating away at you. Technically, my stomach did it, said Foggy, and walked out of the room, shutting the door.
3: What was that guy talking about?
1: Said Crabhammer.
3: Anyway, we need to find a way out of here. Elias, you're the engineer, right? So you get to work. In case those goblins come back, we don't want it to look like we're being insubordinate. Who knows what magic they'll cast on us. The rest of us, we need to come up with a plan.
1: Elias walked over to one of the dozens of boiling beakers. What am I supposed to do with this? He said. But Finn could barely hear him. He sat down against the wall and thought about Foggy. He remembered how Foggy was first introduced at his birthday party and how Finn had been disappointed. He'd seen what he thought was a perfect robot lying on the table in the room behind the room and had wanted that one. Now that he knew that robot was Voltronic Zoo, it seemed ridiculous. But beyond that, Foggy had come to mean so much to Finn. The robot had been a great friend, a funny and weird companion on their long journeys, a brave warrior by his side who had literally saved Finn's life so many times. He had saved Finn on his birthday, that first day. He had picked up the explorers and flown them out of danger on dozens of planets. And now, here he was, the enemy. Remember the time we faced Bunts, Bogus, and Bean on the red planet? Said Abigail, sitting down next to Finn. And Foggy flew us all around as all of those exploding eggs came flying at us. That same Foggy is still there. We just have to find him. Yeah, I remember when Foggy faced off with that spider in Saffrite's belly, said Vale. That spider was so annoyed that he couldn't pinch Foggy. It was hilarious. Guys, said Finn, standing up, an astonished look crossing his face. That's it. Remember when we were on the Bob planet? Planet Bob, technically, said Elias. Right, 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 said Finn. And the Dreamstone. Remember when it was smashed because Bob 242b threw it at Foggy? Technically, it was Bob 242A, said Elias. The point is that the Dreamstone smashed, and then we congratulated the Bobs on their victory, and Foggy said, Technically, my stomach did it, said Abigail. Exactly, said Finn. It was such a weird thing to say then, but it's even weirder to say now. Foggy had to have been giving us some sort of signal, right? Like something only we would understand, that the goblins wouldn't? could be that his brain is just scrambled, said Elias. Maybe he's just bringing up some old language from his memory, or something. It doesn't seem like the goblins even spoke English. Finn looked at Elias. No, he said. The real Foggy is in there. We just need to help him. We need, said Elias, to figure out what the goblins are up to. If we can figure out what they did to Foggy, then maybe we can reverse it. Okay, you do that, said Finn. I'm going to find Foggy. Wait, I said no splitting up, said Abigail. I'm with Finn, said Crabhammer.
3: I don't want to sit around while some goblins decide my fate for me. I said no splitting up,
1: said Abigail. I'm staying with Elias, said Paige. I don't know if it's my magic or what, but I feel different in this room. I might be able to help him. I'm following my captain, said Vale. Where Crabhammer goes, I go. Hey, I was your captain first, and I said no splitting up, said Abigail. Oh, that's right, said Vale. Then come on, two captains are better than one. And so Abigail followed Finn, Vale and Crabhammer out the door. See, said Finn. Foggy didn't lock the door behind him. I bet he's secretly working to help us. Come on. The explorers crept quietly down the hall. Whatever building they were in, it was disgusting. There was mold all over the walls, and the walls and the floors themselves seemed to be alive, porous. They smelled of mushrooms and old, stale water. They walked for ages but couldn't find anything. This is pointless, said Vale. We're going to find Foggy, said Finn. This hallway can't go forever. Suddenly, a door appeared to their right, and three goblins, clad in metal armor, came running out. They yelled as they waved small swords in the air. Me, my, mo, said Crabhammer as he hammered each of them into the soft floor like a game of whack a mole. The goblins, stuck in the ground, were unhurt, but also very
3: unhappy.
1: Finn jumped into the door the goblins had come out of before it disappeared, and his friends followed him. They were now in a large chamber, and more goblins swarmed out of magically appearing doors, and each time Crabhammer was able to make short work of them, but they knew they couldn't hold them off for long. Finn ran for another door, pushing aside a small goblin to go through, and they entered another chamber, and then another, and then another, all the while fending off more and more goblins.
3: These goblins aren't so tough,
1: said Crabhammer. Don't
3: know why the elves are so scared.
1: They came to an enormous door with a single doorknob, and the letters L-R-L-R-L were engraved in the center. What do you think that means, said Valé. It's a code, said Finn. I can break it, just give me a second. Let me think, let me think, let me think, said Finn. I got it. Said Crabhammer.
3: Learn rigorous lessons, Rabbit Larry.
1: Rabbit Larry, said Vale. Who's Rabbit Larry?
3: I don't know. I kind of lost the thread, said Crabhammer. Hold on. Let me try again. All right. I got it. It's limit regulations like Rubber Larry.
1: (sighs) Rubber Larry, said Abigail. You are zero help. Shh, I can get it, I can get it, said Finn. It's, uh, oh, it's right, I got it on the tip of my tongue. Maybe it's just left, right, left, right, left, said Abigail. Like how you turn this doorknob to open the door? That's crazy. Too easy, said Finn. It's probably lean, right, look. Ah, uh, no. Abigail reached out and turned the doorknob left, then right, then left, then right, then left, then right, then left again. The huge door opened. See, said Abigail, the goblins don't speak English, so they wouldn't know what these letters stand for. Then that means someone else put them there, someone who isn't. Isn't a goblin? The explorers had entered a regal chamber, and standing next to an ornate chair, a throne, was Bogus. Very good, said Bogus. Standing next to him was Foggy. I suppose you aren't surprised that I have betrayed you. Surely you didn't think for a second that I was going to be your friend. I was really going to help you. (laughs) Ridiculous. The truth is, I've had my eye on the Goblin Planet for some time, ever since I was on the Marlow. And when I heard they were without a king, I got interested. Finn looked at Foggy, looking for some indication that his robot was still on his side. But Foggy was staring blankly ahead. Smoke poured out of his body now. It wouldn't be long before the magic the goblins had used on him destroyed the poor robot. And when I heard they were using magic on robots, I knew they could use my help, said Bogus. After all, nobody knows robots like a Marlowe cosmonaut, am I right? Bogus patted Foggy on the back like they were old friends. Foggy stared out at Explorers Troop 301. Finn, yelled Foggy. Now. Nobody moved. Now what? Said Finn. Do it now. Do it now. Said Foggy. I don't know what to do! Said Finn. We didn't discuss anything! Oh, we didn't?
2: Said Foggy. I'm sorry. I don't feel that great. The goblins gave me this potion to drink, and it's made me a little gassy, and I'm having trouble remembering things, and
1: I thought we had- Enough! <laughs> cried Bogus. Get them! Momo mommy momo! Dozens of goblins streamed into the room. It was all the explorers could do to stay on their feet. Even Crabhammer, wielding the hammer over his head, couldn't keep up. Finn dodged. Valle ducked. Elias threw a goblin into the air like it was a basketball. And Abigail held another goblin in front of her and used it to fend off the other goblins like a living goblin shield. But there were so many and they didn't stop coming. You see, said Boggis, they work for me now. This is my destiny to be the Goblin King. Boggy seemed paralyzed. He tried to help Finn and the others, but the magic inside of him tried to win him over to the Goblin's side. He was at war with himself. Before long, the Goblins had begun to pile on top of the Explorers, and as they pushed the Goblins away, they could feel themselves sinking into the ground like they were being buried there By all of those goblins, Finn felt heavy, like whatever magic was on that planet that the goblins possessed, It was weighing him down, pulling him down into the dark soil of the goblin castle. The giant door flew open, and in came Paige and Elias, riding the wolfbot through the goblin hordes. Paige couldn't see her friends, but her light filled the chamber, and the goblins, which were creatures of the dark and the dank, scattered. Seeking shelter in the shadows, the wolfbot, whose eyes were now shining a brilliant white like the brightest star in the skies, chased the other goblins off, tossing them around before stopping in front of Bogus and growling. <clears throat> you got it to work? said Bogus to Elias. You figured out how to fuse magic and technology. I did, said Elias. It was easy. I just fixed the wolfbot and voila! Magic. What? Said Bogus. But it is magical. Nah, said Paige. That's just me using a little bit of my magic to light up its eyes. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, man, said Elias. Science already is magic. But I do think whatever is in this potion that was on the burner in the laboratory, it seems like this really is magic. Here, let's give it a shot. Oh, no, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't. No, 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 no said Bogus. Elias poured a little of the potion on Bogus's shoe, and instantly the giant man was transformed into a tiny goblin. Me 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 me. said the Bogus goblin as it ran away from the kids. Did you know it was going to do that? said Paige. I had a guess, said Elias, clearly happy with himself. The wolfbot went to where the explorers were still stuck in the ground and began digging them out. And eventually, dirty, scratched up, and exhausted, they made their way through the goblin castle, rounding up all of their robots, pages light, keeping the goblins away. They found Protofessor Last in what must have been some sort of goblin library. Proto! yelled the kids, and they rushed in to give their friend a hug. Mm-hmm, said Proto. Oh no! Said Vale,
2: they got the Proto! Oh, sorry,
1: said Protofessor.
2: I thought you were a goblin.
1: Hey, said Vale, as the rest of his friends laughed. The explorers were able to signal the Marlow, and Paige's magic had stopped whatever was eating away at Foggy, though the robot was in tough shape. Nothing we Marlow engineers can't handle back on the mothership, said Elias, clapping Foggy on the back. Hey, How did you find us, anyhow? I just used Protofessor's tracking
2: device, said Foggy. It was easy. If you hadn't just shot off into space like that,
1: you could have come with me. And you came by yourself, said Finn. Foggy nodded. I knew it was going to be dangerous. They looked up in the sky and saw an explorer pod piercing the clouds, no doubt flying on autopilot and coming down to pick them up. Finn and Abigail held up Foggy as the pod landed and the door opened. They all piled inside, and Abigail sat in the captain's chair. Foggy, who had barely any strength left at all, sat next to Finn, the robot's head on his friend's shoulder. The Explorer pod launched into the atmosphere and then threw it into space, the Marlow rotating out there like a moon for the goblin planet. Finn was so happy to see his home. The pod docked, and the kids all started to file out, following Professor into the airlock. Finn carried Foggy's weight as the robot limped beside him. I'm sorry I failed you, Finn, said Foggy. You didn't fail me, said Finn. You were awesome. It was because you signaled me that I knew you were still you. That's what inspired us to fight on. We owe everything to you.
2: No, not down there, said Foggy. I'm sorry I failed you up here.
1: Suddenly Foggy was gone, and so were the other explorers. They'd all disappeared. Finn ran out into the hallway. Hello? Hello? Abigail? Elias? Foggy? Mom? Dad? Finn ran down the hallway further, yelling everyone's name. Hello! He cried. Anybody home? Anybody? There was no answer. Finn was all alone. All right, I am here with my son and editor back on the show, young Griffin Messenger. Say hi to everybody, Griff. All right. So last week you were not here and that's because we had a lot of stuff going on and you were really wanting to see how everything tied up with the season in the finale and now you've heard the finale what do you think?
3: Uh I am pretty sure 10,999,999% good.
1: And uh do you have any thoughts or questions about the finale?
3: What is Foggy, mean by he f- failed Finn on the Marlow?
1: Oh, that's a good question. Should I answer that question? Yes. I will answer that question in season six of the Alien Avengers of Finn Caspian. No. <laughs> no. Well, I can't really say because that is the cliffhanger for the next season. But I will give you a hint. What? Do you remember when Bogus said. That there was some sort of secret to the Marlowe that maybe the kids weren't aware of. Yeah. And then who spent some time with Bogus and among the goblins? Foggy. Yeah. So maybe Foggy knew something was going to happen on the Marlowe. Yeah. I don't know. We're gonna have to wait and find out. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other questions or thoughts? Do you have any ideas for like books that we could use next season?
3: Um, I would recommend maybe.
1: Dogman. <laughs> Dogman maybe. Maybe Dogman's very popular, that's for sure. Yep. Um all right, well should we do one last thank you to artists and then of course Bebop will take over from there? Yeah. He'll thank he'll thank more artists in Bebop Tales, but maybe we should do one more round of thank yous? Yeah. All right, this week we need to thank Emerson from East Lansing, Michigan, Sayla, Gideon and Jada from Greenville, Tennessee, Lachlan who's seven from Canberra, Australia, Luther, who's six and a half from Denton, Texas, Bear, who's six, Abby, who's 11 from Vancouver Island in British Columbia, Canada, Regan, who is seven from Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the sibling team of Laura, Regan, Kiva and Shay, Fiona from Kansas, Landon, who is six, Ozzy, who's 11 from Shoreline, Washington, Noah, who's four, Sam, who's three, and Olive, who is six, from Santee, California. Aiden, who is nine, from Fulton, Maryland. Abigail and Olivia from Charlestown, Massachusetts. Brayden, who's nine, from Westbrook, Maine. And Jack, who's six, from Skokie, Illinois. Thank you all so much. Thank you, thank you,
3: thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: Okay, we're all done with our art now. And now it is... Joke time! Joke time. That's right. And we have a joke from our pal Maxim in Reykjavik, Iceland.
3: Hi. This is Maxim from Reykjavik in Iceland. Uh, well, this is my joke. What would an alien wear to a wedding? A spacesuit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's really good. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Maxim, for that one. And then now we have a joke from... Annika, who's six, from Lynnwood, Washington.
3: What's the most unhappy planet in the galaxy? Saturn. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's pretty great. Thank you to Maxim and to Annika for those amazing jokes. All right, Griff, this is the season finale, which means that you and I won't be back uh, until spring. In the meantime, we're going to have Bebop Tales, of course. But anything you want to say to our listeners before we go?
3: Thank you for listening and keep saying
1: art, jokes, sounds,
3: and characters for the show. Thanks.
1: I should say, if Bebop lets us near the microphones while Bebop tells is going on, we'll have some deleted scenes episodes to put up. Yeah. All right. Well, great. And, and oh, and if anybody has any ideas for what deleted scenes they would like to see, send them in and we'll see if we can make those happen. Yeah. All right, well, thank you all so much again. It's been five seasons, so many amazing listeners, so much amazing art coming in and jokes, and I just love hearing from everybody. And uh, I've said it before, I'll say it again, this has been such a wonderful experience getting to know so many amazing kids and families around the world and getting all the amazing ideas from kids. I just really appreciate it. And Griffin, I know you've really loved it as well. Yeah, thanks so much. All right, well, uh, happy New Year to everybody. And Griffin, you want to say? Bye bye. Bye! All right. Bye bye bye, everybody. All right. We are done with another season of the Alien Avengers of Finn Caspian, and I'm so grateful that you listen and that you participate in this show. It really means the world to me. We'll be back in just a couple of weeks with Bebop Tales Season 5. No imposters this time. And Bebop tells me there's going to be a lot of adventure and a fair amount of beatboxing. So... I guess we have that to look forward to. <laughs> All right. The Alien Adventures of Fin is a Gen Z kids production, written and produced by Jonathan Messenger, edited and guided by Griffin Messenger, with special thanks to Maria Villanueva. Emerson Messenger is our intern. The music you hear at the beginning and end of every show is by Mark Greenberg, recently voted the nicest human in the multiverse. Our cover art is by Sir Ian Damon. For more information about the show, check out the show notes or go to FinCaspian.com. And for more podcasts for your family, go to Best Robot Ever. Dot com. And we'll see you in just a couple of weeks with the new season of Bebop Tales. Thank you all so much, and we will see you in a couple of weeks!
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Hi, it's me, Jess. This is a message for all the 6 Minutes podcast fans out there. Have you heard? There are new episodes in the Six Minutes feed called The Ivan Dispatch. I won't go into details, but Ivan found something. A box containing audio cassettes recorded decades ago. And it looks like they were recorded by Cyrus. If you're a fan and you're not following the show, you may have missed out. Search for Six Minutes and click the follow button so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't heard Six Minutes yet, what are you waiting for? Search for Six Minutes, start a season one, episode one, and enjoy the most downloaded family audio drama in history.
1: Hi everyone! I'm Jeremy. I'm Autumn,
2: and I'm Jasper. And we're, we're a GZM,
1: GZM family. family, and we want you to listen to our favorite show, Becoming Mother Nature.
2: I love the one with the Green Reaper and the zombies.
0: Do you want to hear your family at the end of a show giving a shout out? Go to GZMShows.com/shoutout to learn more. That's GZMShows.com/shoutout for a chance to be heard on this show.